Welcome to the Tablecast Podcast. Come to the table with Melissa and Amanda, where real women have real conversations. To learn more about Tablecast, visit cometothetablepodcast.com or find us on Facebook. Welcome back to the table, season three. Episode one. Episode one. So We're finally here. Yes. <laughs> We've made it. We so, made it. Like we shared, we are um, reconstructing this season. Uh, last season we deconstructed, now we're reconstructing. So um, today we want to really talk about redefining those things that we maybe had preconceived notions about. I hope everybody's had a wonderful break. You might not have been on break like we were, but we extend the break <laughs> yes. to you. So <laughs> hopefully you're doing fun things. Um, and it's summer and, you know, best time of year. I mean, I don't even like summer, but I still think it's the best time of year just because I get to barbecue and I cook things over fire, which, I don't know, life is just good when you can just sit outside around a campfire. Well, we, so. we had this conversation. So my, my husband started a competition barbecue. Yes. And the last time you were over, yes. we were having a conversation about yeah. it. How, yeah. like... Um, I work at a barbecue restaurant. Yes. I work at a very, very, very busy and successful barbecue restaurant owned by Christians. Yes. And so my comment is... God loves barbecue. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if it's the smell of meat cooking, if it has something to do with like. Well, it's biblical. It's like <laughs> in Leviticus. It talks about when you offer, you know, the sacrifices, and you know they would the the smell of the meat yeah. would you know the aroma go up, of... go up to the Lord, and it was a pleasing aroma. So, um, burning animals. I, I don't know. Like I can't. It's just one of those things that I think God will just have to explain when we get, when there. We get there. Yep. Because I'm like, I said it like within the first couple of years of working at the restaurant that I worked at. And I even told my boss, I was like, something about God like in barbecue. Because this place is like, he definitely blesses this restaurant. And, you know, it's just, it's funny. And then, yeah, with your husband, yeah. he's like, we're barbecue. And I'm like, well, God loves barbecue. So. <laughs> All right, we're done rabbit so, trailing. Okay. No, but foundations. It's biblical. It's biblical. So today we're, we're talking about redefining the Bible. Right. So um, I think a lot of times when you start off in your faith, you go by what other people tell you. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, I mean, a very huge part of my faith story is I remember vividly as a little kid um, trying to read my Bible. Um and being told I was too stupid to understand scripture. And that's why you go to church is because we need the pastor to tell us what the Bible says. And as I was, um, I became saved and I started attending a church. I was really encouraged by women, um, to read scriptures on my own. And that if I, if I seek, um, God's wisdom, he'll help me understand those things. And I agree with that. I do. I think I really grew in knowledge, um, but there was underlying tones of what verses meant. And mm-hmm. I, I remember very distinct moments where I would read a passage and say, okay, this is what God showed me. Um, and then either sharing that 
with someone or hearing a sermon on a Sunday and basically being told like, oh no, you're way off, you're way wrong. Um, and so really just kind of like redefining what, not biblical truth, because like truth is truth. Mm-hmm. And so we're not redefining who God is or his truth, but just that notion of um, when you're reading the Bible, what lenses are you looking at that with? Um, a, a huge example of that is, I mean, it's it's Pride Month uh, right now as we're recording. And so, um, you know, you can take verses from scripture and you can make them say that, you know, that is wrong. But I've also watched people on social media platforms take verses and back up mm-hmm. those decisions. And so um, I think where we're coming from is uh, taking off those lenses, taking off those filters, taking off um, whatever slant it is that you have and really seeking that raw, honest, foundational truth. Right. And I think even going back, like, just even, like, further back than that of, like, you know, what what do you say the Bible is? You know, what is your, your opinion on that as far mm-hmm. as, like, you know, like, you know, is it just a book? Is it, like, the greatest self-help book ever written? You know, mm-hmm. is it really the inspired, you know, word of God? Is it a full revelation of God? Is it, you know, it's, it's, it's really, I've really had the sense lately, like, God honors our choices. Mm-hmm. And from the beginning of time, you know, man has been given this opportunity to, to make a choice. Um, and that's a gift that God has given to humanity is that choice and that free will. And it's so, it's so hard to understand, you know, even like, even as a parent, as much as you struggle watching your children make choices that you're like, mm, I told you not to do that, but then you mm-hmm. have to let them make their own choice. And, you know, especially as your children become adults and they, they go out and they're now they're on their own, you know, they mm-hmm. have their own kingdom. They're not they're not under your parental reign and you're just like, Oh, just please make the right choice, you know. I am not sure if parenting's harder when they're, you know, five or when they're twenty five. <laughs> but sometimes yeah. I'm like I'm like, Oh, oh, because now you have the power to yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like you really can mess yourself up as an adult if you're not making the right choices. And so, um, you know, I, I just imagine that, that sometimes that's how God looks at us, where he's just like, okay, I've, I've laid it out and I've, I've given it to you. And then I've also given you this ability to make the choice on your own. And, you know, and he just so is so respectful of that. Like mm-hmm. he's not forcing us and pushing us like robots to to choose him. Like he, yeah. he gives us that gift. And so, um, you know, just starting all the way back into like, okay, well, what is the Bible? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I personally, you know, believe that the Bible is inerrant. It is without error. Mm-hmm. It is the inspired word of God. And it is, you know, a full and whole and complete the way that we have it revelation, you know, of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so coming out of season two where, you know, we opened a big can of worms mm-hmm. and we had to sift through a lot of that stuff and, and you got to hear a lot of the raw and like, you know, if, 
and you mentioned this absolute truth. You know, it doesn't matter who I think God is. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you think God is. He's who he is. Exactly. Regardless of my belief about him. Mm-hmm. He's who he is regardless of, of my thought, my opinion, regardless of me in yeah. any way, shape, or form. God is who he is. And his truth is is truth regardless if I choose to believe it, regardless if... Um, Regardless of what I think about it. Yeah. And so regardless of what the world thinks about it, regardless of anything that goes on in this realm of the world, God is who he is and his truth is truth. And we see in the world, we go back and forth. And I've taken a big break from social media and over the past, while we were on hiatus, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to take a break from that too. Yeah. Um, because just people constantly arguing and fighting about their own opinions. Yes. And, and your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. And you know, that's, that's how the world is. It's Mm -hmm. how the world works. Okay. Well, that's all well and good. And we can all live that way. And I'll be like, well, you know, I do me, you do you, whatever, you know, I I believe the sky's purple, the sky's purple in my reality and my perception. But that doesn't lead us anywhere very good. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there needs to be like a directional, like North, like a, a, an absolute truth that we can relate these things to. Yes. I personally believe that is God and that is his word. Um, and that's what at the end of the day makes sense. Yes. And I think I've, I've done enough. I'm not one of them scholar people that I can like read the Bible and be like, oh, well, this point in history and this and like bring all these ties together. But there are some phenomenally gifted people that God has put in this world who have that mental capacity to teach in that way. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing so far, you know, the things I believe the things that we don't know about in the Bible are yet to come. Like, I truly believe that everything that is prophesied in the Bible will come true. Um, and if it hasn't yet, it's because it hasn't yet. <laughs> so, but everything else, uh, we are now how many years into, I mean, it's been what, 2000 years since, you know, the Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, we're pretty far into things that have happened mm-hmm. in scripture. Um, and the more that we have technology to guide us in science and in archaeology and Mm -hmm. in the places that we're at here in 2022 as long as god's an answer on your answer sheet um we can pretty much prove how accurate the bible is so i'm pretty i'm I'm so confident in that because i Mm -hmm. there's nothing that holds water that disproves it you know at least that i've come across and it's not like i've read every book or i know everything but i mean i've seen enough and i've listened to enough scholars that i'm like oh yeah yeah absolutely and even through history through science through all Mm -hmm. of these things and now as you know so much on on the neurosciences technology wise we've just gotten to a place now where we can like understand brain function but to see the things that they're discovering about how the human body works and how the brain works and then to see it, you know, God already foretold it in scripture. Yeah. Like, you're just like, oh, that's all it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and it, I say that like it's such a little thing. Oh, it's just God. But it, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If he's not your answer, I think that's the thing that 
like for me over all of this as we dive into like what is the Bible and is it your foundation is that I I took a job interview one time and they gave me a math test but part of the job description was to like uh, you would be like auditing business paperwork and stuff mm-hmm. and just generally not full audit but you're you're trying to help franchisees make sure that they're operating their business the way they're supposed yeah. to and you're supposed to be looking for places where they might be making some mistakes or doing things they shouldn't be doing and so it's just a real light audit of paperwork mm-hmm. um, and so they give me a math test and I take the math test and I'm, I'm going through it and I get to this one problem and I was like huh Okay, it's multiple choice, but the answer I got is not one of the answers that's available. And so I worked the problem again, and I worked the problem again, and I was like, no, I know 100% that my answer is Mm -hmm. correct. And I was like, oh, I bet this is the test to see if you can recognize that the answer's not there. It must, that's got to be it, you know, because this has got to be the test, you know, that... Um, so I go up to the guy and I was like, and he's like, Oh, how'd you do it? I'm like, Oh, I got them all done. Except for this one. There's no answer. And he goes, what do you mean? There's no answer. And I was like, well, this is the answer to the math problem, but the answer's not on one the of paper. the selections. Yeah. And he gets out his answer key and he's like, Oh, nobody's ever pointed that out before. So now I was like, Oh, great. Like, yeah, now I'm totally it's not the test. It's not the test. test. It's not a test. I'm bored. Right. Uh-uh. But he gets out his answer key and he's like, huh? Well, mine has the answer, but the answer's not typed. Like, it was B or whatever, you know, but it didn't have the right number. And and he was just, it was really funny. I'm like, okay, so I got the job. You know, I just figured, like, really? You've been giving this test out for how long? And I'm the first person that ever pointed it. Like, who guessed wrong? Yeah. Like, how many people were like... I guess I don't know how, like, I don't know how yeah. to do the math problem. Oh, so they I don't just know. So I'm going to guess the closest C. one. Choose yeah. C. C is always the answer, right? Um, yeah, how many people got it wrong or didn't answer it? Yeah. Because for whatever Well, obviously reason, everyone. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> except for me, because I was like, um, the answer's not here. But, um, but that got me thinking, you know, how much we go through life, and God isn't even one of the choices. Mm-hmm. We just, we look at life... And we experience it and we chalk it up to all these different things or lack of things. And we just turn a blind eye. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you that if he's not one of the choices in the multiple choice, you're not going to find him as the answer. (laughs) You're not even looking for him. You're just in complete denial. So I think starting there, Mm -hmm. you know, for me was probably the biggest thing of being like, I need to be able to say 100% that this is where I stand Yeah, when it comes to the Bible. Yes. And I agree with all of those things. I have like started looking at um, works that were like in consideration to be part of the Bible, but mm-hmm. then were chosen to not be put in mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. So I did start reading those. And it is really interesting to read things like, um, like the letter that Thomas wrote, mm-hmm. um, or that I, I guess I should say that they, they believed Thomas wrote because they couldn't, they mm-hmm. couldn't prove. And that was why it wasn't, included in the canon of the bible um but it's really interesting because like some of it is your you see how god still worked through that person yeah and um i it just kind of really opened my eyes to like um when god speaks to someone Mm -hmm. um his his voice remains the same Mm -hmm. like his message is the same yeah to everyone. And so, um, really sitting back and thinking about like, you know, the people there's, 
there's a crap ton of people who are claiming to speak for God, you know, um, in the world today. And so if we were going to take, um, let's say God was going to create a podcast version of the, of the Bible, you know, and so we're going to take all these snippets of audio from all these people who speak, um, about God, um, and we need to develop a canon and, and what what is what is truth and and you know you're gonna find a ton of people mm-hmm. who are gonna be able to um, have truth have solid truth have similar theories similar um, threads that run throughout even though they come from different backgrounds different countries different cultures all of these things you're gonna find those things then you're gonna find people who are frankly like talking out their butts Mm -hmm. and like, you know, they're full of crap. And that's what was found in the day of the Bible being written. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've really enjoyed that aspect of it is digging into that more, um, historical, Mm um, why, what was chosen? Why were right. those chosen? Have you come across, because um, as I've looked into some of those things, some of the things I come across is like just how God has protected his word. Yes. Um, like down to like the counting of letters mm-hmm. and and constantly looking at, even though like our Protestant Bible divides certain books up like Kings and Chronicles yes. and all of that, but even seeing how with that division, the number of books from like the original as they as you keep track of the things that mm-hmm. like it's been protected yeah. and it's like we can still say yes this is what's supposed to be in there because yeah. it's always what's been supposed to be in there even though we separate it you're still like oh well it still works out and yeah. it's like just watching god protect his word and I, i've heard many different stories and i don't remember all of them right now just of like different stories of people that have tried to destroy the bible and just things that have happened and things like that but just how amazing it is that God has protected his word. Um, And then something else that really came up for me was just understanding that to take my eyes off of the writers of the Bible. And I think that's a human characteristic that we humanify everything. Yes. Um, And it falls into that like me centric, like we turn everything about us. Yes. But realizing that God's word is inspired you know, and yes, to put it into this world, you know, he used human hands to write the Bible, but I don't have the sense that like these people were any, like, yes, he used people for his glory. We need to focus on his glory. It's yes. his word. It's living. It's transformative. And, and it's got nothing to do with the guy that wrote it. Who's long gone. <laughs> well, and that's one thing that I really, really have honed in on. Um, these last few months is um, it is not so much about um, who wrote what book and like frankly it doesn't matter Um, but what is God really trying to say Mm -hmm. and I think so many um, in at least in a lot of the Christian circles that I've been in um, and have experience in we take certain books because they were written by a certain person and those are going to hold higher um rank mm-hmm. you know old testament you you got um the pentateuch most of those are written by moses like that they believe um and then in the the new testament you got a lot of the letters written by paul mm-hmm. um and those 
tend to trump everything else. Right. Um, when it comes to the Gospels, we believe John is the best because John was the most loved disciple. You know, and so you take these things, you take things that people said, um, and you say, oh, well, well, Paul said it, so it must really, you know, when Paul says, like, I don't, you know, you shouldn't allow women to teach. We need to take that one verse. Right. And we need to really hold on to that because Paul, it was Paul. Right. You know, um, instead of looking at what is God really saying right. overall right. in everything. And if you look throughout all of scripture, God is saying the same thing throughout all of scripture that Jesus tells the Pharisees. Yeah. I think we get so need, stuck in like that New Testament, but you're like, you really need to understand the Old Testament to understand the New Testament and it all works together. Yes. Cover to cover. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> once told by someone who um, wanted to be a, a pastor that um, he had not ever read all of the Old Testament, but it was fine because we live under the New Covenant. So he would read the whole New Testament, and that that was that sufficient. Was okay. Yeah, and I was like, mm, poor David yeah, and no Moses, and probably not Abraham so, and um, Jacob, who didn't have the New Testament. Those poor guys. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, not so much. The whole Bible is the whole truth, and when you look at the whole Bible, everything from Genesis to Revelation, Old yep. Testament, New Testament, um, Old Covenant, New Covenant, everything across the board, um, God is telling you that He's created you, He loves you, and He wants you to love Him back. So yeah. you need to love Him with everything that you have, and you need to love other people with mm-hmm. everything that you have. If you look at like a book like Leviticus, where it's full of laws of you should and shouldn't do this and and all of this stuff and um you know i find it hilarious how like some people are like spouting off you know leviticus law when it comes to things like um you know women or homosexuality or things like that but like you know it's really easy for us to like throw those verses out about like um oh yeah and you bacon don't eat the bacon don't eat bacon no, don't eat no, you can't shellfish have yeah no no <laughs> i was gonna say shellfish but i love bacon yeah. so i was like, <laughs> like bacon and shrimp i don't even know if that's like, in there sorry that's probably <laughs> we're not biblical um so no burn ends for you i know you like barbecue <laughs> yeah. uh. so I, I find that hilarious yeah and so we get caught up on the little details we get caught up on these things and I heard someone describe it as you have these little hills, these little mounds of dirt, and we pick those that we're going to die on. And so um, it might be, you know, are you going to eat sugar? Are you going to homeschool or public school? Are you going to, you know, vote Democrat or Republican? Are you going to, you know, be a, an LGBTQ plus ally? Or are you going to be completely against that? Are you, you know... The, the list can go on and on. We pick these little tiny hills that we're going to die on, right? And we have these little mounds, and there is a giant mountain in the background. And we talk about how beautiful it is. And that mountain is, we're supposed to love everyone. Like, that's the second greatest commandment. You're supposed to love. Love God is the first, and love Others, people yes. is the second. And this love is this mountain and we talk about how beautiful it is and we go to church once a week and we sing songs about how beautiful that mountain is but we're not willing to climb up there and we're not willing to die on that right we're going to pick these little dirt hills and we're going to say i'm going to die right here this is what i'm going to stand on and i'm willing to fight this battle and die right here and the whole entire bible is an entire story about how much god loves you wants you to love him back right. and just wants you to love other people right 
By this, everyone will know that you're his disciple. Not by what church you go to, not by what clothes you wear, not by, you know, anything else. Right. It's by how you love. God doesn't look at those things. God looks at your heart. Yeah. And and ultimately, I think the biggest thing that my eyes have been open to is that, you know, when you talked about lenses earlier, is t- looking at the Bible, you know, in that spiritual lens. Like, do how much of the circumstances, you know, matter? Mm-hmm. How much of like, okay, the spotted goats? I don't know. That just popped in my head. Yeah. You know, Jacob and the spotted goats and separating them out. Like, how much of that is really re- relevant to where we're at? But you think God didn't know we were going to be in twenty twenty two? And I'm not a goat farmer. Yeah. So, you know, is that really? And I feel like that just across the board, you and I had an amazing conversation one day about the woman in the well. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, the question I asked, I can't remember now, but I, we were talking about it and I was like, so he says, go and sin no more. And it was like, we want to pick and choose the things that he was talking about. Was he talking about the fact that she wasn't married now? Was he talking about the fact that she had been married five times or yeah. whatever. She's like, living he, with some guy she's not she's married not, to. Was she talking about what was he? What was he telling her to go and sin no more? Like which? And I think that's the point that you were just talking about. Is we want to die on the hill of like, well, he must have been talking about her being an adulteress. So yeah. she was supposed to go and not be an adulteress. Okay, well, okay, but what about the fact that she had? You know, you've had five husbands and the man you're with right now. Okay, well, okay, so then we want to be like, oh, well, you can't be married multiple times and we're going to die on that hill or whatever. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, God was talking about her heart issue. Yes. Regardless of of the circumstance. And if we find ourselves, now that I can relate to, you know, are you thirsty? Are you longing? Mm -hmm. Do you have this desire within you? You know, God planted and created a desire for him within each and every one of us. And every single human being has a longing and a desire and a place that needs to be fulfilled. And the only one who can fulfill that is Jesus. And that's what he was saying to the woman in the well is if you drink of the water that I have for you, we'll thirst no more. And, and, that that's the issue we need yeah. to be focusing on and so uh, yeah i completely agree like we picked some of the strangest things especially out of the bible we're like well this verse right here and this is what it means and so i'm going to put my whole life around here i'm mm-hmm. going to set a camp and then i'm going to create a whole movement behind mm-hmm. this bible verse and you see that across the board um you know, we have, how many different denominations do we have? Exactly. It's because we, we have turned scripture and taking, um, gleaning things from God and, and he, he speaks to someone specifically. He calls people to specific things. And so what we've turned, um, into gleaning out of God's word, we've turned it into a clip and save. We're going to clip the things that out of scripture that we want to take away from with us and we want to carry with us. Um, we all have those verses that, you know, really mean something to you. And then you have entire sections of the Bible that people don't even read when you, you know, especially you get into some of those old Testament or like those minor prophets or things like that. A lot of people have never even read some of those books. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, Instead of looking at, I'm going to 
pick and choose what parts of the Bible I really want to dive into and get excited about. Like I'm all for like take a book and just lean into it. But if you're, if you're going back consistently to the same book and you've read Acts 47 times and you have the whole thing pretty much memorized and you're just super excited about it, but you haven't read Genesis like that. There's a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, to touch back on where you picked up at unity is not standardization. Yes. And I feel like that's one thing, you know, as far as like the body of Christ, you know, and living in unity, um, you know, we set aside our differences for one unified purpose, and that is for the glory of God. That yes. That's what the body of Christ does. And, you know, there are things that we do all need to agree on, you know, the Bible being one of mm-hmm. them. Um, and, you know, we're all going to, as human beings, interpret the Bible this way or that way and backwards. Because we're human. Because we're human, you know, and we don't always get it right. But at the end of the day, you know, God does well speaking for himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the Bible's very clear. God speaks through the things that he has created. We are those things. Um, the mountains are those things. The trees are those things. And and that we will be held accountable without excuse because we have encountered God. So even if he's not this choice on your test, you stand by the ocean and that sense of awe that you have, uh, or you look at the mountains and you realize mm-hmm. how small you are or even just you know grasping the fact that like you are not the center of the universe yeah. you know um looking at a sunset um i did i when we were in florida on vacation you know i stood um I, the kids wanted to see the east coast because we grew up i grew up on the west coast and they've all seen um that we've all been to the west coast and they've all seen it on different trips but um you know and i'd never been to florida and so we went over out to the ocean, you know, and just to stand there in that silly song that was like a graduation song for years, or and it was a whole fad where it was like, I hope you still feel small yeah. when you stand beside the ocean. Um, it just popped in my head, and I was like, what an interesting, because I do feel small when I stand beside the ocean, but I don't feel small in an insignificant and demeaning way. I feel small in an awe and inspiring way. Mm-hmm. Like you really do realize your place and your purpose in the world when you are faced with the magnitude of like, how did all of this come about? Like the fact that the ocean mm-hmm. stops, you know, and like the yeah. Bible speaks of these things. Like, you know, God told Joe, were you there? Were you there when I set well, the yeah. stars in the sky? Were you there when I told the ocean that it could only, it could only come this yeah. far? And, and were you there? Like, and it's not a demeaning or a, um, I guess probably the best word that I can think of right now. It's just not a, it's not a belittling small. Yes. It's, there is something greater than it's me. It's a, a humbling. Yeah. It's an awe. In awe. Yeah. It's in awe of, of God. Mm-hmm. And how many people will have that same exact feeling and walk away and turn a blind eye that they encountered God. If you are a human being and you walk on the face of this earth, you encounter God daily. Yes. And how many times do you turn away because he's not the answer in your multiple mm-hmm. choice of the reason why you have this great feeling? Yeah. Um, and, and so, and the Bible is very clear about the fact that we are without excuse. 
but as human beings, we, I think the best way I could put it into words is like, if the Bible was just another book, I don't know that this conversation would be as important as it is that we're having, because we're not sitting here talking about a book about George Washington. We're not talking about a book about World War II or like a history book about, uh, we're not talking about the Odyssey and Homer, right? We're not, we're not sitting here debating a great piece of literature because who has those great debates and why don't they have great debates about great pieces of literature? Why? Because there's something about the Bible in its, own it has authority yeah and it 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 is the living word of god and Mm -hmm. it elicits a response from people and so it's a controversial subject for a reason Mm -hmm. because like i said before whether you believe it or not or whatever your thought is the bible is the bible and it is the inspired word of god and it is going to confront you and it is going to pierce Mm -hmm your soul it you know it is sharper mm-hmm. than the two right separate bone and marrow god's word yeah. and I, I really feel like that's why so many people one run away from the conversation or two they don't even want to have the conversation because then you have to come confronting with god and god confronts yeah God confronts. We we. It is not our job to confront. It is not jo- our job to take the the Bible and Beat you per- over the head per- present it to someone in a way of like, look at all of the ways that you are wrong right. and I am right. Right. Um, because you can take any given moment of my life, and you would be able to beat me with the Bible. Right. Well, and I don't see in Scripture where God does that. Exactly. Everywhere, like the the Bible says that the script that Scripture is good for teaching. It's good for reproof. And, and we get stuck right there and we're like, well, I got to take this Bible and it says you shouldn't do this. So you shouldn't do it. And we leave it right there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's not what the Bible does. The Bible confronts us. It reproofs us, but it also doesn't leave us in a state of reproof. It offers us the way out, the answer, yes. the, there's a building up that happens. I mean, yeah. anywhere you read in scripture, when God is is confronting somebody he doesn't leave them out on their own you know to be Mm -hmm. like oh you're condemned now go you know i mean even like the we talked about the one in the well but the woman who was caught in adultery you know Mm -hmm. it's like neither do i condemn you yeah you know it's so practical moving forward steps yes as as we wrap up this episode um for someone who is struggling with defining the bible or even reading the bible like I mean, there's a ton of people, you'll carry your Bible to church with you, and you'll look up the, you know, handful of verses that the pastor puts up on the screen, um, and then you bring it home and you set it down, and you might have good intentions picking it up throughout the week, but there it sits. Um, or, you know, most people have the Bible app on their phone, right? Um, and it's been a really long time since you've even opened the scripture. Um, the verse of the day stuff is really great, devotionals are great, but at the end of the day, um, what are you doing to encounter God in, in his word? So practical steps moving forward. Um, where do you start? How do you start? I feel like, for me, I'm just going to give my personal, what's gone on with me over the last few, because you even, you even started like, I'm going to get rid of all of my preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, first get to a place where one I know 
what I believe about the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I had to come to that place of like, okay, I'm going to reignite and I'm going to make a stand and I'm going to say that I truly 100% believe that the Bible is a full and complete revelation of God. It is the inspired word of God and it is without error. Whether I understand it or not, whether I can prove it or not, I truly believe that that that's true. Mm-hmm. And so I am I'm going to put a stake in the sand right mm-hmm. there and that's that one's not moving. Mm-hmm. And then be I was just gonna say something. I totally lost it. Um, yeah, wow, that totally just went away. Well, so I think for me, <laughs> I'm gonna let you pick up. Yeah, go ahead. Because I'm like, um, oh, it's gonna come back. Um, feel free to. I kept inter- talking. No, I kept talking too long. I was like, I have a thought. I'm gonna hold on to it, and I didn't. Feel so free sorry. to interrupt me when you're <laughs> um, For me, it was letting go of the idea that I needed to have a daily quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, when, if you really look in scripture, like it, it talks about how you need to have a relationship and an interaction with God. Um, but the idea of like a structured daily quiet time, and did you start your day with the Lord? And did you do your quiet time this morning? And all of these things, um, that seemed very like overly produced for a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, it, it just, it seemed like, a like a team meeting that you would have at work to start your day. And that just, that it seemed, it just seemed too, too produced for me. Um, and when you really get in and you look at like quiet time, like that, that started when we needed the housewives to stay home and do something like after world war, like we talked about that last season, but that's when really like the push for a daily quiet time really started within Christian church circles in America. Um, and so it, it's a produced thing. And so letting go of that, um, spending time with God throughout the day. I mean, he's God. So, um, but specifically purposing to pick up my Bible and ask him like, what, it, what is it that you want to show me? And am I doing it every single day? No, because there's some days where he shows me something and it takes me two, three days to process right. through that right. of what it is that I just read. And so to get rid of that idea of I have to do this on at this time, um, that was very freeing. And it it's helped me come into a deeper understanding of my personal relationship with right. God. I don't need to have the same cookie cutter relationship with him that everyone else has with mm-hmm. him. Um, I'm unique and he knows that. And so that's, that's my encouragement. Um, if you're struggling, uh, to start spending time, let go of that idea that you need to have a structured cookie cutter thing. Um, and just start with, like you said, like what, what do I believe about the Bible? What Mm -hmm. do I believe is truth? Um, which you led right back into the, what I totally forgot. So apologetics. We don't, I just, I don't know. I mean, I know some churches really focus on apologetics. um, And I don't know across the board if we really do. And and to me, apologetics and studying the Bible in a way for apologetics um, is something that we really need to be a lot more open to. Um, But that verse, and it says, you know, that you would be able to give an account for the hope that you have. And, And that's what you're talking about. Like, 
your marriage looks different than somebody else's marriage. Um, and it gets back into that unity is not standardization. We yes. feel like, like checkbox religion in order to be a Christian, I have to look like these things and check off these boxes. But my relationship with Jesus looks different than your relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus, just as much as my marriage looks different than your marriage. And somebody's, you know, kids looks different than everybody else's kids. But we as human beings think that we all have to look alike because that's what brings about unity. Like I said before, unity is setting aside our differences for a common goal. Mm-hmm. And so even if I just go back to, we were talking about the Bible in a, in a spiritual versus the circumstantial way, let's take the spiritual lessons and agree on those. Yeah. And regardless of what the circumstances look like, because your circumstances look different than my circumstances. Mm-hmm. And be encouraged to have a reason for the hope that you have. Yes. I can talk about the things that God has done in my life and my relationship with Christ. And that is all that... That's all I need to do. I, I don't have to know what every word on every page means. I don't have to know how to, you know, defend some of the things that look a little like gray areas in the Bible. But there's people out there that can do it. But yeah. but that's not, I don't have to stress about that. And I don't have to worry about that. But to really the Bible as this extension of God, of who God is. It is a revelation mm-hmm. of him. And it's how, it's one way that I come into communion with him. And and I don't know about you, but I've had situations where, um, after you shared with me years ago about writing in your Bible, like if it says study Bible, you can write <laughs> it. stupid thing I had to tell myself. <laughs> if it said the Holy Bible, you're not allowed you to write, write in the Holy Bible. Bible. But if you have a study Bible, mark it up. Um, and so um, that gave me the freedom it was because I, my I'm not cookie cutter. Yeah. I could not. And now they create like journaling bibles. Yeah. You could color oh, them yeah. and all sorts of stuff. But I'm sorry. Back in 2004, that right. wasn't a thing. Right. And it was really hard for me to move past that. Right. Like, I can't write in my Bible. Yeah. And so ever since that conversation, now I'll like, when God speaks to me through something in the world, I will highlight it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when you go back and read it, I've read some verses and I mean like, to the point where I've read it and I'm like, well, it's highlighted. That means it must have meant something to me. God said something <laughs> to me in that moment. But then when I read the verse, I'm like, well, this makes no sense. What does this have to, why would I? And they are usually like some of the most random, like I can't even pick one, but I know the last yeah. one that I came across. I was like, what does that have to do with the yeah. price of coffee? And you know, <laughs> I have no idea what God said in that moment. But I highlighted it because in that moment, he spoke through it. So it's not about the words on the page. It's about God's word being living and active. And this is and interacting is, with and him. Interactive. Speaking to yes, you. Yes, 100%. And so I look forward to picking this conversation up again and diving into yeah. some more ideas on and things. But you know what? Like, I think that's really the biggest thing. The practical application is read your Bible. Yeah. And, and read your Bible. Yeah. and interact with your Bible and soak in the Bible and meditate on the Bible. And yeah, if you're going to read a verse, I mean, how long have I been stuck in Genesis and I'm still there? I mean, I've moved past Genesis, but yeah. I end up there all the time. Like there's some of the most beautiful things and mm-hmm. understanding your relationship with God just in the first three chapters of Genesis. And so wherever God has you, just let him 
just let him love you through it. Like yeah. that's really, I think the biggest thing is, is to not be in such a hurry to check off boxes that you yeah. miss your relationship with God yeah. through his word. And that that's my encouragement too, because you know, like things like, you know, read the Bible on a year plan. Like I'm, I know people who were like, we're going to read the Bible in the whole Bible in six months because yeah, you can read the Bible in the year, but why not do it in six months? Well, when you're flying through scripture that fast, can you really take in what God is asking? And like, I struggle to read the Bible in a year. Right. I really do because I feel like there's so much to unpack. Yeah. And I just am reading for the sake of reading. And like you said, it's not just some random book that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and so take your time with it. If it takes yeah. you four or five years to get through the Bible, hey, you know what? It was four or five years that you spent with yeah. God. You know, learning whatever, about who whatever he was. Whatever works for you. You know, yeah. I know people who like will read a chapter five times. Yeah. You know, in a row to really just make sure that they've dissected it and it works yeah. for their brain. You know, I know you like to dive into the history stuff. Um, it, people like to dive into all the different words and ravage. Allow yourself to do that. Whatever. Yeah. This is your personal relationship yep. with your creator. So let it be as unique as you are because yes. he wants to speak to you and he's going to speak to you in a way that, I mean, like you will know it is him and and be open to that and and i think that's yeah i am excited if if more women and since we're a podcast for women if more women quit trying to check boxes and be a good christian woman and worried more about am i getting fed from from god himself Mm -hmm. what a different world like we would live in like if every christian man woman i don't care if we quit trying to be Christians and just really tried to have a relationship with God. You amazing. Climb the mountain. Yeah. And you, you focus on loving God and right. loving others. Yeah. Like what, what would that do? Right. Um, so we, um, invite you to come back, um, in two weeks and we are going to continue this conversation of redefining things, but we're going to dive into something, um, a little bit beyond the Bible. We're going to redefine like church. What does it look like to serve and to worship, um, and redefining that for us. So, uh, join us in two weeks. Thanks for joining us at the table. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share Tablecast with other women and leave us a rating on your listening platform. Be sure to check out our Facebook community VIP group and remember to subscribe so you won't miss any future episodes. Tablecast is a production of Asha Media.